Hello, I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And those people you hear in the background, they're you. <laughs> Did you see my eyebrow raise when I yes, said that? Yes, we're not speaking literally, of course, but figuratively, those voices represent the thousands and thousands of you out there in the audience who listen to us. And we love your company, because frankly, it was lonely when it was just us and our parents. <laughs> lonely and awkward. That's true. But now we need to pay for things like our microphones and our rec room full of Picassos and gold. So now, for the first time ever, people, you can express your love for the Dinner Party Download by making a donation on our website. It is dinnerpartydownload.org. And you'll not only be helping us with our growing bandwidth bills, but you'll be letting our overlords know you value our show. Very important. Yes, right now we're extending a dinner party invitation to you and your friends Andrew Jackson, James Garfield, Benjamin Franklin, basically any president that appears on a U.S. banknote. Capiche? (laughs) Just hit pause on whatever device you're listening to right now and head to our website and support us. It's dinnerpartydownload.org. We'll wait. This is really awkward, man. Really? I kind of feel like we're for real now. I, I just feel, I feel lame. I feel like we're it's, just some... It, it's not really public radio unless you beg your listeners for money. This our, is my The opinion. whole point of our show is that we're not a public radio cliche, and the, now we're sh- just sh- asking sh- for... Sh- sh- they're back. Okay, thanks for that dinner party donation. Yes, and now as your reward, here's your icebreaker. What, what did the termite say when it walked into the bar? Is your bar tender here? I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. I'm Rico Galliano, and from American Public Media, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that equips you with everything you need to win this weekend's dinner party. You just got a joke from Walt McClements of Minnesota band Dark, Dark, Dark. Yes. Later, you'll get some conversation fodder from TV star Rain Wilson. But first, as at any dinner party, let's make some small talk. So, in the news this week, everybody's been hearing this. It was a day of celebration for same-sex couples in California. BP appears to be one big step closer to plugging the oil league in the Gulf of Mexico. The um, Senate just confirmed Elena Kagan to the Supreme Court of the United States. Now it's time to arm you with some news everybody hasn't heard. Joining us is Jessica Cohen. She's editor-in-chief at the online women's culture magazine Jezebel. Jessica, what story are you going to be talking about at your dinner parties this weekend. We are just a few days away from the premiere of Eat, Pray, Love. And Finally. I know, right? Um, <laughs> Brendan hasn't slept for days. <laughs> this, this is the movie based on the uh, travel romance book by Elizabeth Gilbert. This is true. And people are so excited for the premiere of this that they are seeking to emulate Gilbert herself <laughs> and have a very similar spiritual quest, and they're invading Bali. But is there a problem with that? Yes and no. Um, they can certainly use the tourist dollars, right. but for the British ravers and the drunk Australians who are there <laughs> trying to just party, having these women wandering around in caftans <laughs> trying to find themselves, that's a real buzzkill. It's the first time cougars have returned to Bali since <laughs> since the early <laughs> colonial times. Oh, my word. But this, So we've got a tourist versus tourist culture war going on? Exactly. And the expats who live in Bali aren't happy either. They came there looking to get away from it all, and now it's all followed them there. There's one expat who runs a restaurant, he has a t-shirt for sale that says, eat, pay, leave. Oh my. (laughs) Jessica, thanks for the small talk. My pleasure. Now, time for cocktails. Once again, we tell you something that happened in history, then give you a fitting drink 
to serve along with it. It's like talking about history around the water cooler, except the water cooler is full of booze. <laughs> Just like a DPD headquarters. That's right. Best water cooler ever. We begin, as always, with the history. This week, back in 1958, Otto Vita died. Who was he, and why do we care? Your dinner party guests probably won't know. Thanks to our friend Michelle Philippi, you're about to. Otto Vita was a humble German circus acrobat. Oh, and for a few days, he was also the king of Albania. The year was 1913. Albania had just become an independent nation, so the country was looking for a king. Among the contenders, Halim Adin, the nephew of a sultan in Turkey. European newspapers printed pictures of Adin, and Otto Vita and his pals couldn't help notice the guy bore a striking resemblance to Otto. So, like any good showman, Otto decided to step into the role. He sent telegrams to Albania, announcing he, Halim Adin, was coming to accept the throne. Sure enough, he was crowned upon arrival. He even got a harem of women to keep him company. And a few days later, when the real Adin caught wind of the ruse, Otto pocketed a bunch of royal cash and hightailed it to Italy, where he blew it all on parties. Now, some say there's one problem with Otto's story. It probably wasn't true. Otto was known for tall tales, and this one sounds suspiciously similar to the novel Prisoner of Zenda, a film of which happened to be released in 1913. After all, it would only be for a day, wouldn't it? King for a day. Then again, no one actually disproved Otto's tale. In fact, in Germany, the story made him famous. The police even let him add a royal title to his official ID. It read Otto Vita, ex-king of Albania. And when he died penniless in Hamburg in 1958, that's what they inscribed on his grave. So that's the history. Now for the drink to serve with it. I'm speaking with Mata Renga. He's talking to me from Bar Hamburg in, yes, Hamburg, Germany. Mata, what cocktail does Atovita's story inspire you to make? We picked uh, something strong and then something that makes you, like, want to lie because he was a big liar, you know? <laughs> he had this uh, reputation of posing as other people, not only the king of Albania and all that kind of stuff. So this drink will really get you high. <laughs> It's um, go for it. First component is a Gosling Black Seal Rum. Okay. Then we have a Overproof Ray and Nephew White Rum. It's almost like twenty-five percent stronger than an ordinary. Oh, what? And now there comes the best Falernum, a spice liquor. Then you take a sugarcane syrup, and then I, I put one whole sweet and juicy lime in a Boston tumbler full of ice. Uh, wait, I'll just put down the phone. You shake it till it's chilled without lobby da yeah? Okay. Shake it really hard. You all right? Oh, you got to shake that so hard that you really start to sweat. <laughs> so I serve it in a tumbler, crown-looking eight-cornered tumbler, so we could actually call it a king of Albania. Oh, it smells very nice. Let me have a drink. I'm 10,000 miles away from you. How dare you? Oh, man. So I actually got two now, so what a shame you're not here. Chin. Damn you. Brendan, check it out. Uh, Mata told me that that drink is basically another cocktail called a wranglum. Wranglum? Damn near killed him. (laughs) 
<laughs> but what's cool about it is it's a drink inspired by an imposter that is itself an imposter. <laughs> it's like Inception in a glass or something like that. But you know, my favorite part of that story is how once Albania became free, it immediately went looking for a king. <laughs> like, quick, let's give all this power to one person and create a monarch. That will help. Uh, people, you can feel the power of all our cocktail recipes. You will find them at dinnerpartydownload.org. Our guest of honor this week is actor Rain Wilson. He plays fascist nerd Dwight Schrute on NBC's sitcom The Office. This week, he's the man behind a performance art piece called I Hate LACMA. And what are you going to be doing specifically? Uh, let's tell the viewers at home, first of all, what LACMA stands for. It is the L.A. County Museum of Art. Glad, I'm glad you picked that up for me. You're right. Do your, do your research. I just get really chummy with the guests. I just want to impress you, and I forget our audience. Take your hand off my knee. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a kind of multimedia art event with a lot of different artists um, having some fun at LACMA's expense. And I'm taking over the LACMA Twitter feed. And why do you hate LACMA? It's stupid. They don't sell popcorn there. There's no candy. It's just dumb. It's a big, dumb waste of space right in the middle of L.A. <laughs> okay, you're joking about hating art. and Actually, you have quite an intimate relationship with art, right? Well, my dad was a painter, um, so I grew up uh, with a house filled with abstract art. We just, I, you know, I was painting at the age of three and drawing, and I just, our house was filled with a love of, of art. Now everything is, is kind of post-postmodern, but I'm, I'm a huge fan of the abstract expressionists and kind of the artwork being done in the 50s, 60s and 70s in America. It's a pretty stark contrast to The Office, which is a very like kind of mainstream commercial sitcom. What do you think people can get out of art that they just can't get from watching uh, you play Dwight Schrute? You know, the paintings that my wife and I have in our house, you develop a personal relationship with them. And I like to look at them pretty much every day and to notice something new about them and just... I have a visceral reaction. It's like I just want to like go and like rub my body all over them. Why did you put your hand on my knee when you said that? Oh, that was your knee? <laughs> um, we have two standard questions on our show. The first one is, what question are you tired of being asked? Number one is, are you a fan of the English office? That was 10 years ago. Stop asking me about the English office. Yes, we are all fans of the English office. It is brilliant. Please don't ever ask an office cast member what they think of the British office. It drives me crazy. Well, of course, I didn't ask you that because I only watch the English office. You're such snobs. <laughs> um, so the second question on our show is, tell us something we don't know, some piece of information that we could use to uh, spark conversation at a dinner party. Um, one thing I've been thinking a lot about recently is there's uh, six billion people on the planet, and uh, about a billion of them Follow you on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> about a billion of them are hungry every single day, and about a billion of them are overweight. I kind of think that if we could balance out that lower one billion and that top one billion, we could make the world a much better place. That's a pretty elegant equation. I actually just heard yesterday that they're, in America they're trying to eliminate the Canadian geese population by a quarter million, and someone suggested, why don't we turn them into food because Goose is a delicacy in many parts of the world. Maybe you should get in touch with this guy. Although I think that that's exactly the problem. Is It's not about freezing a bunch of geese and sending it off to the poorest parts of the world because then they'll eat that and then they'll just be hungry again. You know what I mean? You've you got to teach a man how to fish. You've got to teach a man how to goose. You're a, a comedian. Help me pivot out of this very serious topic so we can uh, wrap this up with a smile. I am a big fan of fart jokes. How's that for a transition? 
Man, congratulations. For, for what? I, because you just literally went from artsy to fartsy <laughs> in like two minutes. That was not my intention going into that interview. But it was impressive. Guys, that's the Dinner Party download for this week. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. I'm Rico Galliano. Thanks this week to Jackson Musker, Susie Lechtenberg, Ravi Carmen, and Charlton Thorpe. And now we leave you with One for the Road, a song to listen to on your way to or returning from this weekend's dinner party. This week, it's L'Anamour from the album Jane Birkin et Serge Gainsbourg. Ooh la la. Sung by Jane Birkin and Serge Gainsbourg. It's mm. been re-released at the end of this month by Light in the Attic Records. Bon appétit. Aucun Boeing sur mon transit Aucun bateau sous mon transit Je cherche en vain la portée je cherche en vain le mot exit Je chante pour les transistors Ce récit de l'étrange histoire De tes amours transitoires De belles au bois dormant qui dort Je t'aimais, je crains De pavots sur les pavés de l'amour Tu sais ces photos de la vie Que j'ai prises à deux cents à Maintenant que tu n'es pas là Leurs couleurs vives n'ont pas Mais hélas, c'est un ventilateur qui passe au ciel du poste de police. Je t'aime et je crains de m'égarer, et je sème des grains de pavots sur les pavés de l'amour. I'm Rico Galliano. And I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And do you remember at the top of the show when we asked you about the money thing and you can send it to us? Oh, at the, yeah. And you the remember the, the website, dinnerpartydownload.com? You can put money there. You should go do that now, please.